Well, you're very welcome along to the first edition of the Kilkenny Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Shane O'Keefe, joined by a co-host of mine, a man who has very rich history within the district leagues in Kilkenny, as does the surname allude to. I'm joined by Davy Doyle. Davy, how are you, sir? How are you, Shane? I'm very good to be here on the inaugural yeah, episode. <laughs> yeah, I think it's something that needs to be done to highlight all the work that's going in within Kilkenny. I myself, being part of KCLR, sometimes it's hard to be able to talk soccer when we're living in such a predominant GAA area yeah. indeed with rugby as well so I thought it was something that was important for the District League to try and highlight some of the great things that are happening and indeed go through some of the issues that are happening yeah. within the league um, I think the best place probably to start off for us is Evergreen and yeah. what they're managing to accomplish particularly yeah. in the past few days they had three fixtures within from Friday to Tuesday yeah. another big fixture on Saturday against Wexford doing phenomenal work out there as we all know with the various different pitches but you know drawing with Bray Wonders and then we'll look at the other game then where they lost 4-1 up in Tolka Park even though they took the lead you know it's um, it's a topic of conversation that came up with me and Robbie from a district league perspective they're so so strong is it time for Evergreen to look to pastures new? Yeah I, I think um, probably Evergreen Let's be honest, their, their facilities are fantastic. They've always been... Like, I mean, I, I don't know if you remember, they were nomads for a little while, years ago, till they were waiting to get to Kells Road. Yeah. And you have to give credit there because they were prepared to wait and they're, they're set up out there and it was fantastic. Really good people out there, um, which I combated against over the years, but really good people, great set up. I think... Um, I, know there, I know there's a grow out there to, to win something outside Kilkenny, uh, like a Leinster Junior or FEI, which they've, they've, they've come close to, you know. Um... But I think for them and freebooters, their A teams, and hopefully in the next few years, uh, not to leave the KDL as such, but their A teams to move on to Leinster. I think Leinster Senior League. This is this is my thing. I don't think the the competition is fair. I think Evergreen are a bit above everybody else. Freebooters are always the next tier. Uh, to twenty fifteen, Thomastown won the league and didn't kick on after, which. Yeah. For another place with an unbelievable setup, should be doing, and, and it's not—it's no disrespect to the people down Thomastown. They're putting in the work. Obviously, again, it's—it's it's the county we're in, but they have everything. So I—I I think if Freebooters and Evergreen decided to go Leinster Senior League, obviously they go into a certain tier and they'd have to work their way up. I've seen a lot of Leinster Senior League the last three years. Friday night football a lot of the time, linesmen the whole time. Um, standard is really good, really good. But but if their A teams did go and this is obviously just us talking their second teams could Steps be up. could become the junior teams in the Fairgreen and Kells Road obviously not as good as their first team but it gives them boys incentive to kick on but it also makes it a much more competitive league across the board you know because um, teams are beaten sometimes maybe Evergreen could be off form but because it's them and they're playing a team that maybe thinks we're not going to win today anyway. There could be a couple of goals up where the other team going, well, maybe if we had a goal today we might have got something. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so the reputation goes before them as well and, and I think for a club that big and Freebooters now have put in over a million quid in the last 18 months and I know this weekend they're, they're doing more work down there so they're not wrestling on the laurel. So KDL is a brilliant league. People in it are brilliant. Clubs are brilliant. But sometimes... I think maybe Evergreen have outgrown it. Yeah. Um, well, like, even when you're talking about the freebooters point, there's a few things to unpack there. Like, I thought the floodlights going in down the fair green, that's prime now for nighttime football, yes. which goes to 
Leinster yeah. on a Friday night. Um, Evergreen in themselves, you said that they may want the Leinster success, the FAI success, but how realistic is that when the competitive nature maybe of the league is gone? Like they're at the moment. I think they're five games behind the leaders mm. or they've only played five games they're four games behind the leaders they're undefeated mm. realistically they're probably going to march on and win the league and probably, that's no, yeah. no disrespect to anybody else no, no. but like what good is that doing them and then next season with the B team top of division one and they're going into that that's, yeah. is that a competitive game because I know there was rigmarole when freebooters were on the course of winning a league and the B team drew with them yeah. and then there was a massive like what the fuck are you doing see uh, that's, and it shouldn't be, and that shouldn't be the case. No, that scenario, and I, and I uh, you'd have to go back to the people who brought it in. I was against it from the start. It was actually one of the reasons I um I left junior football in Kilkenny at the time. Uh, Freebooters Club was unique in that um, I played all B team football. Yeah, and the B team supported the A team, and you can't have brothers against brothers and friends against friends, and take every other club into it. So you have two Freebooters teams, you have two Evergreen teams. You know, you're coming up against that's, and then you have Fort Rangers, who unfortunately last year, we know what, what happened there. Canises as well. Canises as well. They can't be coming up against them twice, and then they're taking double the players. So I don't like B teams up. I don't think it's right. I, I think it's the only league in Europe that do it. Well, this is something that I brought up at the AGM last year, and in fairness, you won the majority vote, but we didn't win two thirds of the vote. Yeah. Um, and I know that people might be listening to this, going, "Here you going on about this shite again?" But yeah. like, you know, with. Uh, B teams, C teams, and sometimes D teams been able to take upon the A team players. You don't know what team you're going up against no. at, at any stage. It's not really helping the development of players when they don't even know if A team players are coming down. But I think that's a separate issue for a different day. The, the, the big thing is probably the competitive nature of the leagues are they beneficial towards Evergreen Strive because yeah. they seem to have such a passion and a want to improve their facilities out there and constantly improve and the only way they can do that possibly is putting the lads that are a team that has the likes of Mikey Drennan Mm. and has the likes of Decky McCullen who play football over America and all that to a different standard they have to they have to and and the thing about it is they're getting so big now and Thomas Down is so big they just need to get things right in the pitch so do Comer and they will eventually you know things come full circle these will come good but at the moment when do you say like you're looking out there for a pitch you're kind of going you know, I've been around League or <clears throat> League of Ireland for the last few years. Their facilities are better than ninety percent of League of Ireland mm. clubs. So, are they, are we going to get senior football back in Kilkenny and another guys? Is Evergreen going to bring it back? Is Freebirds going to bring it? Well, back? Well, you're looking at CK United. CK United bringing it back. So where where does Evergreen go? Kilkenny can't hold two League of Ireland teams. Mm. So where do they go? And I think the natural progression is a Leinster Senior League, or else if there's a new League Waterford or Carlow, Kilkenny, Wexford. All the top teams. Yeah, the likes of New Oak in there. Like you have New Oak, you have North End, you have uh, New Ross Celtic, whoever whoever the top teams are in there. You're talking about a Super League now. <laughs> yeah, which is which is unfortunate. But I mean, the the landscape of junior football has changed massively in the last five years, massively. Mm. So you have the best fourteen year olds now going League of Ireland. Yeah. Okay. So take um, Evergreen were up in Shelburne the other night. I knew, I play. I came up against Shelburne last year with Waterford. They have two. They have two young lads up front. The nine and the ten. Their names escape me now at the moment. But they're as good as I've seen. Yeah. As as good as I've seen. So I was talking to my nephew, who plays for Evergreen, and he said, "We're up in Shelburne uh, Tuesday night." And I said, "Listen, I said, ah, they're playing their twenties." I said, I, "I actually said to him, don't mind saying it, three one, three nil, four one, something like that." And he goes, "What?" And I goes, "Listen, I said, I've seen these young lads. I said, this is 
top class young lads I said but the problem is they're not coming back they don't want to come back to junior leagues if they don't make the League of Ireland Yeah, you know so some of them give up some of them go to Leinster Senior League some of them try something else so if you have a, three lads go from Evergreen one goes on to na- league football and the other two come back they have to come back to something where maybe a year or two can get them the next step up you know we have to start thinking that way you know because it's not let's call a spade a spade uh, Kilkenny soccer is not competitive now it's not um, Evergreen have won what Nine of the last ten leagues. Yeah, and McCallum Cup. Well, I know booters are quite yeah. competitive in the but cup if it's competitions. Not, if it's not free booters, it's evergreen. Yeah, if it's not evergreen, it's free booters. Every now and again, you get someone thrown in. That's not good for anybody. Is that not what? Like when you're, I know we're going from junior league to professional league, but is that not the case in most leagues nowadays? It, anyway, well, it is. Um, when, when, when when you look at historical clubs like Evergreen, like free booters, who've been seemingly around for youngs. New teams are going to find it difficult. I find yeah. it difficult with Castle Warren to be able to step up to the plate and be able to uh, try and get some modicum of success like yeah. they have. You know, but yeah, is but that not endemic in the world of soccer in that, general? Well, that's massive. Like even in the top leagues in the world, yeah. you generally have the top one or two. But a lot of that comes down to money, where money isn't a big factor here. But I think in the next couple of years, you go outside of Kilkenny Junior Football. There is money in junior football now, mm. um, which. Good or bad, I, I don't know, um, but it is there. Um, so, I mean, you always get the dominant and clubs. And historically now, Evergreen are, they're going for years. Freebooters are going for years. So they have the style of play. They have the reputation. They can attract players. I know Freebooters have 800 or something young lads down there. Evergreen have a 1,000 or maybe more out there. You know, so the problem I have with that is if these players are coming through, and they're not making the Evergreen first team or the second team. Should we put in a third and fourth team for them? Or should they go to Fort Rangers, uh, New Park, play a couple of years there, up to yourselves, play a couple of years there, become really valuable members of years, get experience, learn to play in men's football, get better, raise the standard. Then if they're good enough, maybe the big clubs will come back for them. And they don't have to go. But I think Chelsea did it for a long time. They hoarded players. I think they had 50 professionals at one time. Mm. I think they had 20 lads out on loan all over the country. Was that any good for anybody? Mm. I don't think so. You know, but junior football here, are, and the world has changed with social media and all that, but I remember Freebooters 18 playing East End in the Fair Green, and there was probably five 600 at that on a Sunday afternoon, which was regular. Freebooters and Evergreen, you wouldn't get in. Yeah, You'd yeah. have to be there early to get your spot. That, that, that's going away and and it's not because of lack of effort. Like you said, Joe Banville in Freebooters, fantastic football. Fantastic. We have Gary Breen there now at the moment, ex-professional, Man City yeah, yeah. captain. Mikey Drennan out there, Aston Villa, next generation scorer. So the talent is out there. But if you're going to go to a game, I'm going to watch Evergreen today, who are they playing? They're playing whoever. Are they going to win? Would you? You know, it gives yeah, you an excuse you not to go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If would, it, would it be a one for Evergreen, though, to, to our booters to go on to the next level? Like, considering you're, you said, oh, there's a lot of money involved. You talked about free booters and they're making or spending X amount on yeah. the facilities and stuff. That money comes in through members of the club. Yeah, members of the club. Yeah. You know, when, when you start putting a bigger effort into, say, the Leinster Leagues, the costs go up more. Everything goes up, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like, is there a want to push it and, and challenge themselves in, in that realm considering that financially they're doing very well they're giving so many great facilities to aspiring footballers mm. and at the same time you know will they want to step up and then when they step up 
other clubs are going to naturally step up because yeah, yeah, you know there's going to be that void, gap. Yeah. yeah, creates the void. Well, see, money rules, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and I mean, I've yet to see a treasurer in any club that wants to spend money. You know. Yeah. Um, so. I have to take my hat off to all the clubs in Kilkenny that are, are spending money for the facilities because going to on a different tack at, mo- at the moment there's so much going on in people's minds with with devices and all that um, whatever it is I know you're you're doing the run now for charity mm. every day you're out in the fresh air running 5k a day unbelievable feat like but the fact that you can get your kid out in the fresh air playing with his friends you cannot put a value on that monetarily can't. It's unbelievable for a kid, a, a quiet kid, a shy kid, a, a, an exuberant kid, whatever they are, put them in with their peers. It's fantastic. You know, so the facilities are there for that. But when it comes to it, I think facilities, and, and uh, our club always had a problem with me. I was always pushing. Other guys would maybe like to take a slower. I was always trying to go to the next step. Can we get this? Can we get that? Can we have a nutritionist? Can we have this? Which is all part of life now. But... Castle Warren, St. John's, um, Ormond Villa, um, whoever, uh, River Rangers out there, whoever, they all need help. Mm. Now, and people are there going, there's volunteers out there every week, marking pitches, uh, fundraising, maybe a bag packed to, to buy a kit, whatever it is. Now, nobody could tell me that if county council or government went and said, listen, all these clubs are valued and forget winning trophies and all, the actual physical and mental stimulus and health they're getting from these things, you cannot put money on. So why can't there someone come up to Castle Warren and go, look, I know the work you're doing. We're going to try and help you rail in your pitch. We're going to try and help you get your dressing room. Not not a, a local benefactor. County councils. Well that's, well, that's what St. Candice's were talking about when we had Eddie Clifford and he was mm. banging on say, to different councillors because they were competing in the LFA plate last year. Yeah. I think it was the plate that they were in mm. and they were bringing teams down from Dublin. They had to go and dress over in the hall, over yeah. by the butts and they didn't have proper facilities for them and they were banging on about that kind of stuff. St. John's are going on about it yeah. for, as well. They're out in Garen Green sharing a picture of Ormond Villa. Yeah. Uh, Castle Warren, from our perspective, we tried to get Buckley Park going mm. and proving incredibly difficult to keep that pitch in some type of uh, some But type you've of done way. massive work out there. Yeah, but you can't get grants unless you own a pitch either. Yeah. And they like that's why I really love what River Rangers did because they're mm. out in Clonard Park out there they're able to get floodlights and stuff because they were able to get a lease and then mm. therefore able to get grants. And that's only to the benefit of of the leagues and then they're going to have to attract players but players are not being hoarded but they're naturally going to gravitate towards the place with the best yeah. facilities like we wouldn't uh, I was lucky to be involved in the Leinster Junior winning team in 2008 and that time we got floodlights off of Kilkenny Tennis Club mm. and Freebooters put them up and an experienced player who'd won a lot said to me that he would have retired only that when he turned up the avenue, the lights went on, the place was bright. Mm. And I goes, what do you mean? He says, I was coming up here and there was one light and it was dark and it was... Co-. He said, you're coming in now, the place is lit up. It's bright, it's breezy, you know. And and this is a thing, everyone, you know, we all go to the the best pubs, you go to the best concerts. Why wouldn't you go to the best grounds? You mm. know, and, but why... And I'm not putting anyone under the microscope here, but... In this day and age, 2024, Castle Warren should not have to be going out to the water barracks to play St. Kenneth's and get changed on the side of a pitch. That Listen, that people will say, oh, it costs this, it costs that. There is a way. 
there is a way to do these things. There is people out there that can do it. But you know the value of it. I know the value of it. The players know the value of it. And parents especially know the value of it. We need the people who can help to kind of go, hang on, this is a tangible, valuable thing that we're doing for the community. So matter who's winning the trophies, that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? This, and, and maybe a Castle Warren player comes up through and he gets the proper facilities, he stays well, and maybe he goes on to League of Ireland or further. Mm. That's a success for the whole community. And then the next young lad is looking, it's like our hurlers. Um, young hurlers are looking at Mikey Butler now, getting young player hurler of the year. Castle Warren, Johns, Armour Villa, Freeboards, they all need this. They need help. Now there's people saying they'll help, but they actually need help. You need someone, why not get some ground where there's a big communal dressing rooms and there's four pitches and Castle Warren have one. Well, uh, well it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. I heard that was happening and I got on to a councillor about that and and we heard various different stories. We've heard there's waiting lists and things like that but there wasn't an open avenue to have a discussion about it. Mm. So like we've heard that that is a possibility out on the Callan Road I think right, it was okay. but uh, there's nothing in concrete in stone. But what? how does this then tie into the likes of Freebooters then and Evergreen competing within the district league? Well, I mean, when you look at it, if, and I've been guilty of it, mm. okay, so we would have picked off the best players from clubs that didn't have what we had. Yeah. So straight away you're making them weaker and us stronger. Yeah. Right? And then you go on and win. But if you're going to a fairly level playing field, um, it makes everything better makes everybody more competitive and nobody wants to win a league at a canter you know you, I don't know about that now <laughs> well I wouldn't mind Man United winning one yeah, but. no but I, like we've had the experience of say going to going to game and it's not just us like we, we've seen you mentioned St John's and I've heard them complain about it they've had players coming back from the Premier Division realistically playing in the fourth tier of a district league cup competition or a district yeah. league and that and under the current remit of the Kilkenny and district league rules a player could realistically be playing Premier Division, being playing in the FAI Cup or an LFA mm. Cup, and then going down into the fourth tier. Well, now there's only three tiers in the Kilkenny Kilkenny's District League, league. and going out and battering a B team and scoring yeah. a hat trick. Like, realistically, that can happen under the current guys. And look, I'll touch upon it. What happened at the AGM was that we won the majority vote to reduce the number of games that were allowed for players to change between squads. Um, but we didn't win two-thirds of the vote. I think we didn't win two-thirds of the vote because of, under the current ruling, you're allowed to bring three representatives from a club to each meeting. Yeah. And each representative gets a vote. Yeah. So, say for teams with a B team... Say there was three teams, and there are three teams. Yeah. It, it was Evergreen Freebooters and Thomastown. They brought their representatives, all three, nine. Whereas Castle Warren bought three, I think Tullerone brought one, and Freshford brought two. So for the nine votes, it was nine against six. In even though it was the same amount of clubs, yeah. it was nine votes nine against votes six. Against six yeah. So like, it, uh, there's on one end, you know, they've it's completely acceptable, but I think it's re- against the the. In- the integrity of yeah. uh, of the league. Well, I, I'm going to tell you, I was up in Dublin years ago, and I was I was at um, trials. Yeah. So I was talking to a guy I knew, and I just happened to be there, and I was watching. So next thing at the end of it, this uh, coach came out and he called twenty young lads, and he said, "This is lads, you've made the squad. You're our squad for this year." And probably as as much as not more walked out the door. So I was looking at this going, and I go, "So would you not put in another team?" 
have a second team. I said, you know, down the country there'll be a second team. No. He said, this is our squad. They will find somewhere else to play and that will be it. That wouldn't happen here. But like, uh, it, it won't happen because obviously there's a financial aspect to it mm. as well. And yeah. that's just going to help the facilities out there which and therefore help the club as opposed to yeah, maybe helping the league. But maybe you could have, if there was no, say, B teams or anything like that. And Castle Warren have a B team as well, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I you understand. Know, if there was no B teams, uh, those will start filtering out into the league. Mm. Play with the likes of Fort Rangers, who had a problem getting players this who season. Who had some great players. Had over some the years. great players. Uh, play with the likes of uh, St. Canis's, who, yeah. who dropped out of the league. Maybe the Ajax. Ajax and Goran. Goran. They were looking for people as well. Yeah. Paulstown. Paulstown. You know, these players will maybe start filtering, filtering out of the league. Yeah. And the, the, the one thing um, when this was muted before, and I think. Um, I don't want to say his name in case I'm wrong, but the, the, what would happen would be a reserve league. So you could have your youths and you could have your squad at 22. That's what I was thinking as well. And you'd have youths coming through. And so on a Wednesday night, if you have the lights or if the KDL get a, 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 a national AstroTurf pitch lit, you could have a reserve league. So you have your first team and you have your, your second team, which is the reserve team, which is normal for everywhere else. And then you have your youths down along. But then you have people... Like I left, I left Freebooters and I went to Arma Villa. Yeah. And Freebooters is our club, my father's club and all that. I had a great time playing away from the club for a little while. You know, it was fantastic. And then I learned to be, got a bit tougher and whatever. And next thing I went back and I was more prepared for it, you know. So to make the game better for the county, um, there has to be some sort of changes, you know, to to facilitate teams having a real good go. You well, know? if you're talking about reserve leagues, right, there is 10 A, Bs and in some cases D teams right. within the three divisions, right? right. The f- three divisions have eight in the first division, eight in the second division, 13 in the third wow. division, right? So that's a, a significant amount of teams that are playing, playing soccer, right? That's yeah. 29, right? You take 10 of those reserve teams, they have their own division, Exactly, and then you have two. You have a Premier Division, and you have your First Division. Yes, and I that, did. and yes. that's the way it work. And if lads don't want to play in a reserve league, and then they can start filtering in into the district league. Exactly, that's what something I was thinking. Yeah, that, but that is the way forward. And depending on, um, if I hear if it's true what I'm hearing from the League of Ireland, that they're they're now looking at the senior leagues, like the Munster Senior League and the Leinster Senior League, becoming the third tier of. League of Ireland football yeah. down the road so you'll have your Premier your first So does that in place ever going to go there or I, Booters? It'd have to it'd have to I mean who wouldn't like to see uh, say the boys were playing Shells the other night who wouldn't like to see that uh, as a, as in a regular Kenny team on, as a yeah. regular team in Kilkenny and oh, the, Monday night you're in the Fairgreen Freebooters are playing Bray Wanderers or Wexford Utes or whoever or um, Avondale or whoever and then Tuesday night I'm going out to the Kells Road. They're playing such and such. They're playing uh, Bluebell from Dublin in the Leinster Senior League. Mm. You know, but then you have a young lad coming through who maybe doesn't want to be a professional footballer, but wants to go on a scholarship to college, to America or something. He's getting high level mm. training because the girls' side It's not. No, high, they're probably already getting high level training. It's just yeah. they're getting high level competitive matches. Yeah. Well, uh, I've seen League of Ireland the way it's changing now, and junior clubs have to adapt yeah. because the best young lads are being taken. They are being taken. Are we fortunate then in the sense that, because we'll see Kilkenny and indeed Carlo doing well in Oscar trainers yes. and Clare as well, yeah. but they have no 
League of Ireland teams. League of Ireland teams. Yeah. You know, and I'd love to see senior football here again. Uh, I would. I, I had a great time with it. But I, I think it's going to be, it could be a female League of Ireland before anything else, yeah. senior. Because that side of the game across the country is taken off massively. And you, you'll even see it in the Kilkenny District League with the, the induction of Carlo teams into yeah. into it. And they have their own league there now. And there's also another league happening within Carlo. In, in, in terms then of, say, Evergreen, Freebooters possibly stepping up, the creating a void, is there a want, would you imagine, from the club to do that? Well, all I can remember is I was BT manager for years. And we all wanted to play in the Premier. Mm. And I can imagine anyone anywhere in Kilkenny if they thought they were going to play in the Premier and the two big two had moved on to a a, bit, a different league or a bigger league and they were going in going at the start of the season hang on it's let's call them B teams now for the moment you have Evergreen B and Freebooters B and then you have Thomastown Hive you know you imagine how competitive that league is going to be mm. so for the development of the clubs yes but there will always be people in it who won't want to go mm. and I, I said this when I was in the club, even when I, I was doing well in the club, and I didn't always do well in it. I had to learn the ropes. If there's somebody better than me, you get them. But if there's a majority decision, and you're not part of the majority decision, but the majority decision is made, you row in. Mm. You go, right, I voiced my concerns. We're going this way. Everybody pulled together. You can't have fracture. You have to... Everybody, for the betterment of the game, has to... And we're at a critical point in, in football because um, the junior leagues could, if they don't adapt, could become very poor. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like the Oscar trainer went away as back this year. The Oscar trainer was a massive thing. Mm. It was massive. It was unbelievably big. Anyone... There wasn't a pickup from Kilkenny, though, in there. No. There wasn't. I, like, I, talking to various people that were involved in it, um, you know, there was teams that have great players that were making themselves unavailable, unavailable for selection yeah. and... I mean, uh, like Graham is our, my best barometer for that. You, you know all he done, but he would tell anyone, no matter who they were. Like he played when the Oscar trainer was terrible. Mm. But he went every week, but he was also there for three Oscar trainers. This is Graham Dale. Yeah, yeah. So I said to him, he said, "No, you're playing for your county. No matter what, at least you're playing for your county. No matter who you are, if you're asked, you go. Mm. Doesn't matter. You're playing for your county." And this is this was his mindset. And I suppose it filtered through. Um, my own young lad played for Kilkenny. Um, was I proud? Of course I was. I, I was never good enough to play for Kilkenny and I, <laughs> I played for him in chess which is completely <laughs> irrelevant. But there's lots of people out there that never got the chance, you know. And for people now to turn it down for whatever reason, whether it could be the wrong manager. You know the way Kilkenny is small. Oh, I'm not playing for him. He's a manager from this club. I'm not playing for him. I don't like him. doesn't matter who the manager is. You yeah. has to go for your county. Now, let's give the KDL some credit here. Um, you know, we're looking for everything to improve and all but without them we haven't got a league they're snookered and that's yeah. going to bring me on to my next topic now in a second um, uh, there's a few different things to discuss but when we're finishing the talk on Evergreen and Freebooters mm. personally would love to see him step up into a Leinster yeah. I think it'll bring more people to games yeah. I think it will allow their current guys of the B team step up and yes. become their A teams in the district yeah. thus creating a better uh, infrastructure of soccer yeah. overall but that's just an opinion it's not stating that Evergreen should do that obviously they know what's best because they're running the best show yeah. same with Freebooters yeah. um, but that's where I fall in it where do you yeah. fall? Like, yeah, I'm the same. And, and this is opinion. Yeah. Let's be honest. We're not sitting here telling people what to do. And I'm not sitting from a point of authority no, as well. No, either. We're just, 
from lads who like love the game. Let's yeah. be honest. Um, we just want to see better things for the county. Yeah. Right, and that's all it is. I, I, I think as me as I think the club should have moved on a while ago. Mm. I think both of them should have moved on a while ago. Um, if you take the Leinster Junior Cup this year, mm. uh, when Tony Scanlon won it, Davy Morris won the first one, Tony Scanlon won the second one, Sean won the third one as managers, right? You're playing Usher Celtic, you're playing Ballymun United, you're playing Kilbarrick, you're playing Killester, you were playing uh, Sheriff United. Mm. All of these won everything around them and went Leinster Senior League. All of them. They're all gone now. So, the Leinster Junior Cup now has has got more even as a a test because the dominant teams and in their vision looking forward thought look at we've won Ballymun were winning everything mm. and then Sheriff United took over a Fairview Rangers down in Limerick were five and six in a row and they all moved on because they said look we've been here for so long it's, n- it's not good for us now and they've moved on so why can't the big clubs and the same down in Waterford you have your Waterford Villas and Waterford Bowls Newark are the same in Carlow they're, they're dominating down there they need a different challenge so if it works for the, the big clubs that were dominating, they're prepared to go do it. Why not us? Yeah. You know, why not? And and why not let like your castle you play? Would you not like to go into the, the Premier Division, get up and get into Premier Division, but then not have to go into the Fairgreen and no disrespect, maybe on a nice Astor pitch with with teams that are historically fluid footballers, come out with maybe at the end of a of a bad beating. That's mm. not good for anyone. Well, right, so on the topic of that, right? Uh there is discussions. We had Rob Hickton in here. Uh, the chairperson of the Kilkenny District League and he was talking about this system next year which was touted last year to as a way because Fort Rangers pulled out they were kind of left in a bit of disarray As and clubs don't want to step up because they don't want those meetings exactly yes but there was talks of amalgamating parts of Division 1 into Division 2 and doing what they're currently doing with Division 3 and splitting it after X amount of games which I, I, I hate that. I hate that, right? And there's two reasons why. Because I can see it already in the Division 2. Teams are going to start throwing matches mm. or giving walkovers so they can, when the league splits, they have a chance of winning something at the yeah. end of the year, right? Yes. Um, that's 100% going to happen because teams have been striving to win stuff for so long yeah. and they've either been messed over before with lads dropping down into divisional cups yes. and stuff like that. And then uh, number two on that, you're talking about the the LFA cups and stuff. Evergreen only have five fucking games played, yeah. right? In the in the Premier Division now, where you look at Dean Celtic, Dean Celtic have nine, I think. Yeah, right. So everyone for the league to split needs to have an even amount of games played. They have so, to. Yeah. So teams are going to be waiting around for ages for the likes of Evergreen, depending on how far they progress, or the likes of Freebooters, or the likes of Thomastown, or anybody yeah. that's progressing in it. They're going to be waiting around for the leagues to fucking split. So there could be weeks of inactivity. Yeah, and, and the thing about it then is you could be winning your league by 10 points. Just say, just mm. throw it out there, 10 points. And then the splits, you go back to zero. And you could lose your league at the end of the season. No, but it doesn't go back to zero. Oh, does it not? No, we're not in Division 3 anyway currently. It's not going back to zero, so you stay on your points. All right, okay. So really, um, What's the point then? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but that's what they were talking about. And I know it, it's them trying their best. I understand it's trying their best, but... Uh, and listen, there's nothing wrong with trying things, but uh, let's just go back to basics now. Uh, Game of football is around hundreds of years. Right? The biggest changes in it for me have been the back pass rule, yeah, and now VAR, VAR. Yeah, right. They're the the major changes. Forget everything else about um, tackling and all that's gone over because pitches have got better and the game has evolved. But VAR, because of the offside and the back pass rule. Other than that, the game is the same. So if you're playing, 
for PSG and you're the worst team in the league, they don't split the league so you can win. Yeah. If you're in Division 4 and you're the worst team in Division 4, that's just the way it is. So the, the onus is on then is back on the clubs to get better. Yeah. But to, for them to get better, I think, is where they need help with facilities. Right. So if you can... Shane O'Keefe can walk out of his house and go across the road to his local club and the facilities are as good as driving 20 minutes to another club. Then people say, well, why would I go in there and play with my club? Mm. So we, we have to get that back in. But the game of football itself, uh, uh, the purity of it now, don't forget all politics and Seth Blatter and all these boys, but the actual <laughs> game itself is who scores the most goals, 11 v 11, and alright the five subs now I think it's a good thing more lads get time in the pitch yeah. took a bit of getting used to it. but right de- them three things but the actual game is the same so why why like when the, the B teams came up um, we know people clubs that we came into contact with up in up in Dublin all, and we would have played regularly and they would have bet us in Leinster Junior semi-finals and we would have bet them and you know and Evergreen the same and, and they were actually laughing at us going lads where would you ever hear of two teams out of one club so that created um Power that created power for certain clubs. Do you know what I mean? So keep the game as basic as it is. Help everyone. Now I'm not saying everyone should have hot tubs and jacuzzis. Oh, <laughs> I won't mind them. Yeah, though. but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Try and help. You know, try and help. And I mean, um, I've had Will Doyle, the RDO, up with the presentation school, and, and he's doing his bit. But we're in a str- we're in a strange situation in here, and um, friends from the UK that me and you have both spoke to, um, they couldn't believe the power of the GAA. And I said, well, look at it. I said, you're here looking at Kilkenny Hurling. It's like being in Madrid looking at Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. I said, that's what it is. So you can't fight it. You could try, but it gets futile. You can't fight it. Now you have to work with it. Mm. So my whole thing is, you, you remember growing up, there was players that at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 were the best players. And then they went off Hurling. Now, Paul, Paul Murphy. Yeah. So... He was probably playing soccer. He was playing with Gary Breen yeah. in Fort Rangers. There you go. And then probably hurling a couple of times a week. So he's getting double the workload. Mm. So then he come down on a Sunday, no hurling match, full of beans, where another guy maybe have done half the workload. Mm. So I would say, if there's a guy going hurling and he's playing in your club, brilliant. Play everything. Play handball, play squash, play whatever. But put on other sessions for the guys that aren't. Mm. You know, it, it, is, it is about what you put into it. And it's not about making Seamus Coleman's. They're like they're brilliant if they happen. John O'Shea, fantastic if they happen. The thing is that, and uh, when when you do this, the guys that are playing now are fourteen and fifteen. That's your committee member down the road. He's your coach down the road. Look, you've seen it with Tom O'Connor. He was yeah. uh, playing hurling minor level with Kilkenny. He's over playing professionally with Wrexham. We seen Conor Bradley last night would have yeah. played football with Tyrone. Brilliant. Um, what a game he had last what a, night. Oh, unbelievable. Um, yeah, you know. So, you know, we can see how they benefit each other. Uh, just the final uh, topic of conversation, Davey, before we go. Uh, we seen a few games last weekend get called off due to lack of refs. Yeah. We heard that the you mentioned the work that goes in at the KDL level and without them it wouldn't be possible without refs yeah. it's definitely not possible yeah. we've seen games being called off um, what can we do to attract refs well I, like is Lee Kill gone Lee Kill was one of the uh, top I, refs I think yeah I, I'd for me anyway, personally if he's gone um, it, but funny enough I haven't seen him reffing yeah now the last two games schoolboys games I went the two referees were very good mm. now, I actually and if you it, when I think back to when I started out as 
a junior manager with Freebooters coming up from the B team and my background really was athletics because I did an awful lot of running so my, mm. I think it was to get everyone fit and we did we did when I think back now it was fucking horrendous what we did tonight. <laughs> you know you wouldn't do it now but I had a, I had a point to prove because like you're coming Graham, up from the B team yeah and Graham and Sean and all were all A team Andrew I was a B team player and you know this kind of thing so I felt I had the point to prove and so I gave referees a hard time Yeah, not going to lie now the biggest accolade I ever got off of Pat Conroy and, and all these guys was that no matter how stressed they got in the fair green they never felt threatened physically or anything like that mm. they knew there was no one going to be but I contested everything now yeah. lately I'm going to games and I'm staying quiet I would not be a referee listen to people like me from 15 years ago I wouldn't mm. right and but they, while you're on that point right I started off like that yeah right I started off very quiet yeah didn't say anything I told the lads respect the referee shut yeah. your mouth he's not going to change his decision what are you doing yeah um I've noticed players are getting a lot more, especially we had five red cards in about seven games, yeah. which is fucking ridiculous. But but it was it was insane. But I was been driven insane by certain decisions. Yes, but you this know, is what I was going to say next. The thing about it is, if if you genuinely feel the referee is doing his best job, they're going to get stuff wrong. Yeah, doesn't matter. That's the hard thing to deal with in the moment, I suppose. Yeah, at the moment. But there's nobody not going to complain when you know you're in the right and he's wrong. Mm. You're going to. I don't mind players going to referee, ref, that was our ball or whatever. That wasn't a free kick or, you know, you know. And and I'm not going to lie to you. Um, would there be times that a referee would make a decision and you'd be kind of going, where did that come out? But how like how were offsides called? I don't know. You know, see, the ball is kicked, the ref's looking at the ball and then he's turning around okay. and maybe a fast player is ahead of the ball, but he guesswork. was onside. It's guesswork. Yeah, it is guesswork. You know, and... Yeah, that's why you need linemen. But, yeah, but you need more people, but it's hard to get more people when it's a, it's a conundrum that yeah. we're finding ourselves and, in. And it's a thing that players... If players can, and I'd, I'd never question a lad um, if he's arguing a referee over a point. And the thing is made, like you said, to go away. You can't be... Call them this, that, and the other, or maybe threatening a puncher, right? That's to the extreme. You go to the managers. Managers are going to call for everything. That's part. They're used to that. My whole thing is is um, parents, even parents of junior players now. Hmm. I've seen this a lot. Cons- consistently barricading. Consi- now, when I was bad, when, but I was a manager. Consistently barricading in. Why would you do it? Why would you go out there and do that? And remember, without the two goalkeepers and the referee, you cannot start a game of football. Yeah. On the flip side, People said to me, they're the only ones getting paid. Um, I wouldn't be against maybe an extra five or ten or per game per referee. I wouldn't I wouldn't because it is a tough job. But really, I would think that you've got to rotate them for a start. Mm. Like how many times have you got the same referee mm. eight or nine times? And lads looking at the ref go, Oh, we have him again. Have him again. You know. But it, it has to there has to be an incentive for the referee to come in. You have to be a certain type of individual. But at the same time, if you're going to become a referee, you got to know that players are going to complain. Yeah, you got to know managers are going to be shouting the odds. We've, That's pa- we, we've started finding our players for the, if they're receiving um, bookings for back chat to the ref. Well, funny enough, when I went to Thomastown first, um, refs found it a hard place to go. So the rule I brought in was the captain, who is generally centre midfielder, could speak to the referee on any decision, and if he was off the pitch, the centre half, who's usually a dominant person, you know, big strong. That was the deal. And the first couple of weeks, lads kept chatting back. I took them off. Then lads got it. And the referees actually said to me, it was a good place to come. Now, that didn't stop me questioning every decision and we calling for throws 
and handballs, but you have to have respect. I didn't when I was younger. I didn't. I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say I was a saint, but I got better as I got older and I'm much better now. But when you look at it... Uh, I've, I've kind of went the opposite way and I can, but, under, I can understand But I can understand that. that. But why though? Is it because there's blatant decisions or, is, well, that, or, or are you well, getting it wrong? You always feel like it's blatant decisions. Yeah. Like there's, there's, Have you ever gone home and said, oh God, maybe I was wrong on that one? Not for not for debate. Like I'll only ever speak up and I'll approach maybe after the game when shaking the ref's hand yeah. and I'll say, ref, I think that was... Yeah. Can you or I'll say, can you at least explain it to me? Yeah. And then they'll go, I didn't see it or I didn't that. But then I'll start getting. I won't mm. get aggressive. I won't curse or anything like that. But I'll be like, I'll raise my voice and I'll be like, Yeah, but you didn't see it then. So how can you make the decision? Yeah. So, and, and they can't. But can you? I ask. Well, you I this. can understand how that emanates throughout the squad. Then, and that's how we have fucking five red cards in but seven if, games. If, if you see, if you see a certain referee coming, it's my fault. Would you? Um, <laughs> would you? Would you get your back up? Uh, no, not necessarily. Would you not? No. But like I've been in part of the games where there's been 15 minutes extra time, and they say, "Ref, what? What's with the extra time?" Like yeah. he goes, "Oh, stop my watch every time the ball goes out of play. Do you not know the rules?" So it's like, "Stop fucking basketball." That's not. Yeah, that's. Not but like you know, that's not everybody. That's yeah, just personal that. grapes. It is, but but they can be they can be sticky, and thing about it is then. They talk as well, you know. Word gets out then. Oh, listen, you go to this place. This lad is always chirping on. And then he starts on the new referee and he's going, that's the lad I was told about. Mm. You know, so it, it compounds itself, you yeah. know. I, I think um, we need to get more in. How do you entice him? That's a massive one. I would not do it. I would not do it. I would not listen to me of 20 years ago. I would have sent myself off. Yeah. I would have. You I, know. I used to do indoor soccer uh, refereeing and the abuse <laughs> I got. Like, it's ridiculous. You know, so, I mean, we have to we have to take our hats off to, to do it. I, re- I really do think ex-players should should go refereeing. Mm. If a guy is not going coaching and he's fit and healthy, I think ex-players, maybe 30 years of age, 30, 33, 34 years of age and are still fit and healthy, that, that's different because they know what a tackle is and they know they know where you're coming from. Yeah. A guy who's never played, which is where I have a bugbear on on all these um, FAA licensed coaches and all this coming out of a college, brilliant on a computer, but haven't been in a dressing room on a Saturday morning where maybe it was the 21st the night before. <laughs> you know? Yeah. it is. Look, it, at the end of the day, it is junior soccer. It is do, junior we, do, soccer. we do it because we love it. Um, we just don't talk about this. The highlight some of the good things that are happening in the league and some of the debates that people may be having on the sideline. That's all it is. It's not, uh, this is what the KDL should do. But I bet you some of the best times you're having is at training, sitting in the dressing room with the boys after laughing. Yeah. That's unbelievable, isn't yeah. it? And I mean, people, I, I've been saying it for ages, people don't understand that. When a lad gets, comes into a first team, he's 17, he's 18 and he's a bit shy and then after a couple of years and he's joking with the captain on. That's what you remember. Yeah. You know, and, and a big thing for me is Whatever club take Laddie out in Johnstown to, to the boys in Paulstown or Castle Warren. If the manager is fair and honest, down the town when the players grow up, they come over and have a chat with you. Yeah, you know, and if if they you haven't done too bad if you've done that, you know. But at the end of the day, we're Irish. We're hyper competitive, <laughs> you know. So. And winning a medal with your friends is is unbelievable. And you know yourself, you're probably there's a couple of different pockets of family members in every club you know there's two brothers or there's yeah, yeah. a father and so sons my, bro- and my brother plays with there you go and can, now, can you imagine winning a McCallum Cup with, with Jamie like, yeah, you know yeah. I mean I was happy lucky enough to win the Leinster with Sean and Graham and, and now that it's 23 years ago or whatever it is 20 years ago now I appreciate what I done at the time it was oh, let's get down to town yeah. but now you and that's that's the intrinsic value of, of junior football because pitches aren't always the best the weather isn't always the best mm. you might get a 
cantankerous referee, but you're out with your mates and you're trying to do your best, but every single club needs help. You yeah. know, every single club needs help. Like, Right, well, you know. if any clubs are out there, they have any issues or anything like that, you can send it to us. It can be anonymous if you wish at sports at kclr96fm.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. There's loads of different pockets of things that I could go through personally from my own journey <laughs> in it and Davey I'm sure you have yeah, them as loads, well yeah. uh, if you want to comment under any of the social media posts that this goes up on we appreciate everybody that's participating within the Kilkenny and District League we just want to see a brighter future for it although there's clubs that are shining bright any last thoughts there Davey? No just uh, anyone that's out there any volunteer that's out there in a junior club and sometimes you feel unappreciated Keep going because at the end of the day, without volunteers in every club, the smallest to the biggest, uh, this thing doesn't happen and, and we'd be worse off for it. So keep it up. Keep that good work going. Yeah, well, that's been the first edition of the Kilkenny mm-hmm. Soccer Podcast. We didn't really go into too many fixtures anyway, no. but the big one, of course, is Wexford versus Evergreen yeah. this weekend. Fingers crossed uh, for Evergreen. Uh, big... Wouldn't it be nice for them to get a result? Wouldn't oh, it? it'd be class. You it'd know. be unreal. And I know that, like, we, we know the work that goes out there. The thoughts, from my perspective, of them possibly going on to the future league is to see these matches happen on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. Um, so it's all coming from a place of love. Thanks very much for tuning in. We'll be back again next week. Cheers.